You know, the Bible says that the entrance of your word gives what? Light. The entrance of your word gives light. Um, so today I want to talk on about the work of patience. Let's say that together. The work of what? Patience. Yes. And um, we've been looking at this. Uh, well, last Sunday we the, the, the message was titled uh, um, The Reward of Patience. And you can go online and watch it. You can decide to plug it in as you drive from work, home, or going grocery shopping anyway. You can just listen to the message. I think it will be a blessing to you. Um, so James chapter 1 from verse 3 to 4, I will read. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And I'll also read it from the New King James, just so that we can use both. I believe we have both up there. Bless you, my brother. So... So uh, we'll go to James chapter 1 and verse 3 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Um, let's put up the New King James, please. Let's read it together, friends. Once you go. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And you say, well, what is he saying here? The perfection is talking about there is bringing us to a place where, uh, let me give a little bit of an example here. And I can use it, you can apply that example, that principle. Remember the word of God produces principles. You can apply that to many other things. Um, so when he says, we, so that we may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, here's it. He, he, what God has done is to paint a whole picture of what it looks like if you allow patience to have its perfect work in you. The perfect work of patience produces a perfect, you know how a painter who is like perfect with his skills or music, a, a composer, by the time they're done, you say, man, that was a masterpiece. So what God is saying is, uh, if patience has its perfect work in me, I will use the example of say, um, if 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 I if I'm someone who easily gets riled up by things, get easily unsettled. If patience has worked in me over the last number of years, it comes to a point where what used to unsettle me does not have that power anymore in my life. Do you see what I mean? So it doesn't, it doesn't bother you anymore. You know, somebody said once that um, uh, worrying about money uh, will not make you rich. It says if the devil knew that money would kill you or take you to hell, he would have brought a truckload of it into your yard by now. I say that to say that we Understanding helps us. When we have an understanding of what's going on that we do not see, it helps us in the way we comport our lives. It says, let patience have its perfect work. The NLT uses the word endurance. It expands it so that you can see. It's like, you know, you, are on, you know what an endurance race is. You keep going. You're thirsty, you're tired, you're, your joints are aching, your feet are tired, you're feeling like I just have to drop, but you just have to keep going because it's an endurance test, an endurance race. You'll be perfect and complete needing nothing. He says you'll be complete needing 
nothing. I remember once I was praying about Joy Fountain. And ever since that time, that was some years ago, the Lord said to me, I have given you everything you need. Everything. And I found that people were, were brought into Joy Fountain with specific skills in specific areas to be a blessing to the local assembly. Uh, and it's very, very amazing. So let's keep going. Patience, as we said last week, is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay or suffering without getting angry or upset. So sometimes there are so many things. <laughs> I mean, every day you go around and you find that there are so many things that would um, uh, challenge our faith. In God's kingdom, the work of patience is the cross. So if we're going to engage patience, if we're going to be patient and allow patience to have its work in us, and the way that patience has its work in us is that we, the way we allow patience to have its work in us is that we choose the route of patience. We choose to be patient with our spouses. We choose to be patient with our children. We choose to be patient with our family members. We choose to be patient with, um, you know, with, with our friends. We choose to be patient with people in ministry. You have to be patient. In fact, First Thessalonians chapter 4 says that the servant of God must be patient with all. It says the servant of God must not quarrel. It doesn't mean that you would not have difficulties within the local church. People will get offended in church over things that you sometimes wonder, where did this come from? And it's sometimes an importation of a situation that is brought into the church. And sometimes people are not happy. They're mad at God. So when something happened in the church that they don't like, a little thing, it, it triggers that anger they have against God for what they expected God to have done that he hasn't done. So they unleash it on who is available. Most times the ministers, the leaders, the pastors, they are the ones who get the backlash from how people are feeling about how they may think that God has not treated them, you know, how God has treated, how they feel God has treated them. But it's a sign of, also, it's also a sign of immaturity. It's a sign of a lack of patience, like I said last week. So uh, I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Hebrews 12, 2. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting for him, sorry, awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So what I'm saying is that the, the, uh, the road to this work of, the, of patience inside of us is the cross. So Jesus went to the cross as an example for us. Now, we don't have to go to the cross physically, but we go to the cross spiritually. He's done it. Now we can fulfill our part by going to the cross spiritually. The cross works in our life. And the work of patience is the cross. The work of the cross is patience. Produces patience in us. Besides, I mean, in addition to being born again, that's why Peter said, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue, this and that and that. We'll see, look at that later. So in God's kingdom, the work of patience is the cross. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, whoever will be my disciple must do what? Must take up his cross. When? In the morning? Daily. And, and Paul, the apostle, writes in the, uh, to first, the Corinthian church, he says, I die daily. In other words, I live the cross on a daily basis. I live the cross on a daily basis. Okay? So you, we must carry our own cross, come rain or shine. 
We cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus if we're not going to carry the cross. We have to be willing to carry our cross. How do we carry the cross? How do we carry the cross? What, what are we expected to do when we talk about carrying the cross? The example is Jesus Christ. So if you look at Philippians chapter uh, 2, verse 8 to 10, I'll come back to some other scriptures. Well, let me just go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Let's, let's, uh, let's read it together. So this is Jesus, right? The Bible says, what did he do? Let's go, everybody. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So look at the principle, the scriptural principle there. That he, uh, uh, who can point out the uh, key principle behind the cross in that scripture, verse 8? Who can help me out? There's a word that is key there. Humbled? That's one of them. Obedience. I was looking for that, but humble, you are correct. Humble is, there are some key things there. Humble, obedience, cross. He humbled himself to God. So we, if we are going to carry our cross, it begins with humility. You have to be humble. So if somebody, you know, there are some uh, sects in the religious, uh, in a Christian religious faith, because we're not practicing religion, we have a relationship with God, but you know, where you have to carry that cross and, and on certain, I think it's in uh, Good Friday or so, they do a procession and people carry. And uh, you know, it's nice to see, but we don't just want nice to see. We want something that actually goes beyond what we see to changing lives. By the way, we don't go by the things we see. We go by what is unseen. So he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. Ma'am, you, sir, friends, you have to humble yourself in obedience to God. That's how you start carrying your cross. So as a part of a local church, you should not hide. You should participate because you are a contributor, even if your contribution is just as tiny as that, while somebody else has this money. Everybody cannot give the same. And I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking of giving ourselves. Ephesians chapter 4 teaches us that we all contribute something and it compacts the body and causes the body to grow. If we're not contributing, the body will not grow. If we're not contributing, we will not grow ourselves. In fact, it's when we give that we receive. You have to give yourself. You can't be at a distance. You can't, uh, you know, uh, let's, don't be part of the local body. Don't be the first to come and the, I mean, the last to come and the first to go. Make friends. Let's get engaged with one another. So that's the way, you know, we obey God in the local assembly. That's all the things that we must do in obedience. I'm just saying, you, the beginning of the cross is obedience, is humbling ourselves. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. So what was the result from this verse, friends? What was the result of his obedience, his humility? What did he do? What's the key word there? He was what? Elevated. He was elevated. I started by saying that, you know, <laughs> I, I made a comment earlier on. I said, patience is, uh, is the capacity to accept, is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay. But you, we need to also understand that uh if we are patient, capacity is building. Capacity is building. Patience builds capacity in us for what God has for us. So Jesus was elevated to the place of highest honor and he was given the name above all other names. So to this moment, to this day and beyond, no name does 
what Yeshua's name can do. Jesus' name brings people from darkness to light. Jesus' name brings healing to the soul. Jesus' name drives out demons. Jesus' name brings comfort to those who seek comfort. Jesus' name dispels, uh, you know, a confusion because he's not the author of confusion. The name of Jesus. He's been given a name that is above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. This is the scripture. These are not my notes. This is the word of the living God. This is the principle. This is the, this is the revelation of heaven to us to understand how this works. If the, and this, this is applicable to every other you know, path in the Christian faith. Anything God is going to show you, this is applicable. This is important. It's the basic principle. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Now, he's done it for us physically and spiritually. We now have to engage spiritually. When you become a Christian, you have already, uh, you know, come uh, from death to life. But then we must continue to carry our cross daily. That's what he said. See, every day it must be something we must humble ourselves. So if God says do something, if God calls us to something, if something is revealed in scripture, we should humble ourselves and obey God. What I find in our world today is that we have less and less biblical Christianity among a number of people. But that doesn't mean biblical Christianity does not exist. It, is, it does exist. And it will grow because when I look at scripture, the scripture doesn't tell me that biblical Christianity will die out. What it says is that, the Bible says that, uh, you know, <laughs> arise and shine for your light is come, right? For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The Bible talks about how evil, will, gross darkness will cover the earth. But what? Your, our glory shall rise. In spite of the fact that there's gross darkness, light will continue to also rise. So it's side by side. You know, the scripture, talk, Jesus talked about, you know, uh, um, um, the farmer who sowed and then at night what happened, the, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. So that is something that we'll continue to see as long as we're in this world. We're not in heaven yet. We're in this world. We're going to see light going along the, the darkness on the other side, the light on this side. But light will continue. That's why I don't believe in doomsday prophecies. Like everything is doom, 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 to the point that you can't even say, <laughs> it goes side by side. There's doom around the corner, but the, the Lord did not say we'll be, we're damned. We will continue to rise by the grace of God. Do you agree with me, my friends? I hope this blesses you this morning. So we must carry our own cross, come rain on shine. We cannot be the hands and feet of Jesus, as I said earlier, without carrying the cross as he did. So the, 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 in looking at uh, 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 second, uh, Philippians 2, 8 to 10, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. Now, for you as an individual, when you humble yourself, God will also elevate you. Humility with God. Actually, they say, somebody said that the way up with God is down. We have to humble ourselves for God to lift us up. In the ministry, the way God, is, if you humble yourself, God will lift you up. You cannot, with God, you cannot walk with pride. Pride goes before a fall. So that what we see in Jesus, now we are not going to give a name that is higher than every other name. It's reserved for one person. But we can also experience the lifting up. We can also, God said to Abraham, he says, I will make your name great. You know, I read something last week. He said, there's no limit to what God can use you for. 
the great things that God can do through you if you are willing to do the work and not really care who gets the credit. If you are willing to support, if you are not just looking for, see me, see me, see me, look at what I did. If you are willing to support and not bothered about who gets the credit, God will honor you and lift you up. He said, he who honors me, I will honor. If you honor him, he will honor you. If you honor him, he will honor you. Are you blessed? Amen. Amen. All right. So um, let's look at uh, another scripture. So if we're carrying our cross, uh, we are joyfully submitting to God's work in ourselves and he will walk uh, uh, his, the character of Christ in us. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 10. Let's, uh, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. 2 Peter 1, 5 to 10. It says, so do you, do you, can we have the NKJV and then we'll com compare with the new, uh, new Living? Okay. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Oh, no, that's uh, Philippians, right? That's the wrong one. Second Peter. I, I can read it from here. I'll read it from the, if you don't have the New King James. It says, by his, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. It says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Look at this here. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, uh, um, let, me, let me just stop there and say something here. He says, supplement your faith. With a generous provision. So, first of all, you must have your faith. Your faith must be in place. You believe Jesus. Remember James wrote and said, it's not enough that you believe. Even the demons believe and they tremble. James chapter 2. He says, even the demons believe and they tremble. So, you've not really done uh, that well by believing. It's okay. But he says, you need to move beyond believing. There's a lot of people, like the testimony we had today. Kevin was... You know, working at uh, putting a water purifier or something like that in his house. And for two hours, he talked to this man who said, I'm a Christian. Over the age of 60, who loves rap music? God had a plan for that man to meet you and, and all that. Think about it for a moment. You know, when I heard this, the testimony, I was so moved. I was so touched. I said, my goodness, we have to hear this because we are going towards something and we want God to, to, to do work in us. But it's not enough. So like he said, he wasn't sure where, maybe he had been a, we don't know until we get to heaven. Then you'll find out the whole story or maybe somebody here will tell you. But he was so excited. It's like he lost something that he now found. You know how the Bible talks about the pearl of great price. He found it and he was so excited. Everybody in his office knew that something had changed in his life. And then at, at, at a concert, my wife was at that concert. She went, I couldn't make it that day. And there were all young people. I saw one of the videos. They're all young people. And here's this 60 plus year old man coming to receive Christ or to rededicate his life, whatever happened there. But he wouldn't have lifted up his hand if he wasn't trying to make himself right with God. And I, I just, you know, that is a cardboard story. You, if you have never heard the message from Jeremy uh, uh, John, Johnson, 
uh, is, he, he preached a message here at one of our conferences on a, a man called Cardboard and how a whole event was put together just for the salvation of one soul who was a street. He had become a street bum. He had lost his house and all that. And he prayed that God should send help. And God had to put all of that together. Very powerful story. And sometimes we may be doing something as a church. We may even, I have always said that Joy Founders appears like we do certain specialized things. Some people will come through our doors. There's certain things going on in their lives that they would never have had the help if they didn't have the kind of close relationships we have here so that we can tackle those problems. And I'm not saying it can't be done anywhere else. All I'm saying is that God sets us up for a, spe a specific purpose. He's the one working his kingdom. And so somebody comes through the door and you're thinking, oh, you know, and they, they're here, they sit through it, they, but there's something God is doing. And that's how we have, why we have to be patient because there's a reason why he put us here. There's a reason why we meet in this theater from week to week. There's a reason why people walk through this door and they sit amongst us, some of them for two years, and it's like they're, they, they, they get breakthroughs. They are, they are healed, they are delivered, they are, you know, and then and next thing you know, there are stories that have happened here that if you were, if you didn't understand how God was up, let me share one with you. I remember a family some years ago where, you know, they didn't even know where they had a, a daughter. They didn't know where she was. And I just, and uh, we were called to, I was called to pray into the matter. And I, I asked the family, I said, can you guys fast for three days? I said, I'll, I'll do one with you, but you do three days. I'll do one with you. They said, well, we've really not done that before, but We'll, 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 we'll try. I told them what to do. I gave them guidelines and they did that. See, they had the patience to do that. But that's, that's what I received in my spirit that will you be able to wait on the Lord? Because this, uh, you don't even know where he, uh, this, this, this girl is. But so we, after the third day, I went over to them and we prayed. We prayed. And a few days after that, she called, said, I'm coming home. She came home. They called me and said, she's home. So I said, all right, fine. What do we do now? I'd like to meet with her. So we went, we had a meeting. And we talked, oh, well, before the meeting, we spoke on the phone. And she gave her life to Christ on the phone. Got baptized, the Holy Spirit on the phone. And when you look at things like that, you say, wow. This is God. I can share several testimonies of things, things that have happened in the prayer room here. You know, where we're at miles mark when the prayer room is so busy. And I said, Lord, we came here. What happened to our prayer room? Lord, help us. And we're praying. And, and then the Lord took me to John chapter 6. This is the patience of the scripture. Took me to John chapter 6 and showed me things that I never, I've read it so many times and began to show me. And then one day he, I was praying and the Lord said, what do you have left? And it took me back to John chapter, I mean, Second uh, Kings chapter four. The woman who had um, a jar of oil left in her home. So, what do you have left? I'm going to breathe on what is left. I said, Wow! It works with your finances. It works with the friends in your life. It works with your family. It works with your house. It works with your food. It works with everything you can ever imagine. With your grocery shopping. If God breathes on what you have, there will be fresh life flowing. People will start having fresh ideas. Things will start going in the direction you never thought possible. But we have to be, patience helps you to see clearly. When we're impatient, we don't see the hope. You see, patience allows the smoke screen to clear. And then you can see what God is painting, the picture of what's going on. 
the problems that are thrown at us, the trials that we get frustrated and tired of, everyone sitting here today, I'm sure, has one difficulty or the other in, in their lives. Those who have money, those who do not have much. There's always, there's always a challenge. There's always a situation. There's always a, something happening. But you know what? Even if there's a crisis, Christ is sufficient for every crisis in our lives. You know, Kevin was sharing the testimony today. I know things you've shared about the things you guys have been through and some of the, you know, but here you are, you are trying to reach people with the kind of music you're playing. And a lot of the young people are listening to that kind of music. So what you are doing is you are challenging the enemy right front and center and saying, well, we're going. So you are actually marching into the kingdom of darkness and presenting, or would I say, uh, you know, you are actually, <laughs> you're going into battle. And the prince of the power of the air is not happy that you are here trying to, because that's, <laughs> that's it. And it's the same for the kind of music you, for worship music as it were. That as, because the, the enemy was Lucifer. He was up there leading the choir of heaven. So he hates any music that does not bring people into darkness. So he's going to fight and do whatever. Look at how the world is trapped in, you know, uh, people are trapped with music and all that. But here's the thing, friends. If we are patient, God will build capacity in us. Just like we see in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Now let's go back to 2 Peter uh, uh, 1, 5 to 10 as I close here. It says, let's read it together, friends. Let's go. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. That's what I've been saying, faith. Add to your faith. You've got a responsibility to add. When people say, oh no, you have grace, I have grace. Grace has done it all. Grace has done it all. Yes, that's actually what grace did all of. It gives you a better hand to add to. You know? Grace gives you a steady hand so that you can pick. You know, I was trying to get some uh, almonds the other day and I got a little greedy, you know, and uh, I took, <laughs> my hands can only pick so much. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to take as much more. So I tried to get more almonds and then they started falling out through my hands on the floor. And you know what? The five second rule doesn't work for all the almonds on the floor. <laughs> I have to, to sweep them. So, but if, if God were to enlarge my hands, if God were to steady my hand, if God were to perform a miracle and provide a web for me somehow, I could probably get some more. And, and grace will do for you the impossible. Grace in itself is a miracle. It's a miracle. God comes into your life and helps you to do what you cannot do. He says, for this very given all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue what, friends? Knowledge. I had somebody preaching the other day, a preacher from Nigeria. He said something. My wife went, hmm, you know, we're listening. He said, the, the, the Bible did not say that, uh, you know, uh, uh, my people perish for lack of prayer. Say, my people perish for lack of what? Knowledge. Our prayer is that our prayer and fasting should deliver information to us. See, God can tell you one of two or three things. One, when you pray and fast, God can tell you what you are doing wrong, that you need to change. Or God can tell you you are on the right track, continue. Or God can say to you, what you are praying for is not for now, but continue praying. Because if you don't pray now, you won't get it tomorrow. Any of the three that you hear from God will give you peace. So you continue on the path because you've heard from your father. It says, to virtue, knowledge. Knowledge will help us stay focused. To knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, what? Perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Once you, friends, you are going to persevere. 
and overcome in the name of some of you have actually persevered to this point you are not far from a turnaround you are not far from a revival you are not far from a breakthrough you are not far from a resurrection you are not far from a big God has heard and he will do what he has promised to do in his own time and season uh, for if these things are yours, let's read verse 8, friends, let's go together. For if these things are yours and abound, abound, you will be what? Neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a behavior expected of those who are Christians. There is a pattern of life expected. I'm not saying that we won't make mistakes or won't say what we shouldn't have said. What I'm saying is we know that, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. We are humble enough to apologize. We are humble enough to bring ourselves together. Talk about the things that are hurting. Talk. We, there are certain expectations from the word of God. Friends, if we will employ Patience. Last week we saw how the children of Israel missed the mark. A generation missed the promised land because they could not be patient. It was always fighting, complaining, grumbling, grudging, and all that. Um, God has you covered. He has your back. Uh, what you complain about a lot of times was the prayer point you had last year or two years ago. We say, oh God, give me a business or give me money or give me a job or when the job comes you find after a while you start complaining you know just look back this is why we have to always look for an opportunity to give thanks to God and the work of patience in our life is to build capacity for what God has planned God has a plan God has a program God is at work is at work please say with me I know that God is at work I do not uh, walk by the things that I see, but I walk according to the unseen. So, Lord Jesus, give me insight that I may see the unseen. In Jesus' name, amen.